So this is, you can open your Bibles to Psalm 86. This is a Psalm of David. And we know David to be a man after God's own heart. David wasn't perfect, but he loved the Lord. And God saw him through some very tough times. And that same God sees us through the very tough times. It's interesting that in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13, Jesus taught us how to pray. Do you remember that prayer? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive our debts as we also forgive those who have debts against us or trespass against us, some versions would say. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. And all of God's children said, Amen. Amen. So Jesus taught us how to pray. This is interesting. David here is going to teach us not how to pray, but why to pray and what to pray for. There's I went through different commentaries trying to find out why this was written. And there's two different stories. And, you know, you have to search that for yourself and come to your own conclusion. But one, that this is a personal prayer of David that he prayed, that he reached out and cried out to the Lord in times of distress. And it was his personal prayer. And it wasn't really, some people would say, there wasn't really a whole lot going on. It was just, he was just teaching us. He was just showing us. But if you look in verse 14, it says there were people that were trying to kill him. So there was another set of group, a group of people that said that he was praying this prayer because of that. And it actually, it could be both. It could be both reasons because he was being attacked. He's always had something going on. But it was also a model prayer for him, a model prayer for us as we're going to look at it. We're going to break it, break it down a little bit. So here in Psalm 86, David instructs us and inspires us why and what to pray for. Here, David's relationship with God is one of understanding. It's a relationship of understanding. What is that? Do you have a relationship with God that you understand, that you're able to take in what he's saying and understand it with any sense of clarity at all? You have to ask ourselves that question. Sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. Sometimes I need more revelation. I need to be revealed more and more and more it goes on. But David had this personal relationship with God. And a God that he could count on, that same God that we can count on today when we, fall, when we are afflicted, when we are in trouble. And it's the same God that we praise when we celebrate the things that take place in our life. It's interesting here that David never tells God to fix the problem or how to fix the problem. But in that same breath, he pours his heart out to the Lord. You talk about a heart that seeks God. David's heart was that model heart that he sought God. Did he have errors? Did he fall? Of course he did. We all do. None are perfect but he has still had this relationship. Again, this psalm is a little bit different 
from the other Psalms. Most of the Psalms are real poetic and they sing them and all that. This, this song is, Psalm is just a little bit different in that it's more direct. It's more, um, the verbiage is more in your face, if you want to say. Not, not something that was necessarily sung along the way. It was more from the heart, from the heart of David as he writes this, as he cries out to the Lord in his prayers. Often we say prayers are one of the greatest weapons that we have. And I would be the first to admit a lot of times I don't pray the way that I should. Because that human, human part kicks in and says, I can take care of it. When the fact of the matter is it was me that got myself into it most of the time. And I needed, I needed to cry out to God to where my hope and my help comes from. Am I the only one? Thank you. <laughs> Thought maybe I was the only one. <laughs> uh, so the rest of them were written, or this was written with no particular occasion in mind, which is kind of the part of the thing. However, there does seem a sense of urgency as we, we're going to read through this and we're going to see that as well, which leads into verse 14 when he talks about people are coming. But there's 17 verses in this in this chapter, chapter, or Psalm 86. And 14 of the verses are prayers, prayer requests. And David, above all people, has certainly knew the value of prayer. David even knew the value of continued prayer. In the New Testament, it says, the fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much in James 5.16. Prayer to the right God is effective prayer. And David knew the true and living God and was not afraid to pour his heart out to him. Sometimes I think we're afraid to lay our sins and our, and our uh, faults at the, at the altar because of what, any number of reasons. But David's not afraid to pour his heart out to the Lord who can take care of the situations. He was a man after God's own heart, the Bible tells us. I'm gonna read Psalm 86. It's 17 verses, but I want you to kind of just listen as I read through this. I want you to, well, you're gonna do what you want, but, <laughs> Right? can't tell you what to do. I'm going to suggest. I'm going to read it to you and you kind of just take it in and kind of just absorb it. Then we're going to come back and we're going to look just a little bit closer. I think it's beautiful. Psalm 86 goes like this. Verse one, incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me for I am afflicted and needy. Preserve my soul for I am a godly man. Oh, you, my God, save your servant who trusts in you. Be gracious to me, O oh Lord, for I cry to you all day long. Make glad the soul of your servant for to you, O oh Lord, I lift my soul. For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in loving kindness to whom all call upon you. Give ear, O oh Lord, to my prayer. And give heed to the voice of my supplications. In the day of my trouble, I shall call upon you. 
for you will answer. Verse 8. There is no one like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. All nations whom have made shall come and worship before you, and they shall glorify your name. For you are great and do wondrous deeds. You alone are God. Verse 11, teach me your ways, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I will give thanks to you, O Lord God, with all my heart and will glorify your name forever. For your loving kindness towards me is great and you have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. O God, arrogant men have risen up against me and a band of violent men have sought my life and they have not set you before them. But you, O Lord, are a God, merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness and truth. Turn to me and be gracious to me, O. Grant your strength to your servant and save your son of the handmaid. Show me a sign for good that those who hate me may see it and be ashamed. Because you, O Lord, have helped me and comforted me and all of God's children said, Hallelujah! Amen! What an incredible psalm. In verse 1 it says, Incline your ear. Listen. Listen to my plea, Lord. Give attention. Have complete attention, Lord. Please hear this. If you were with me the last time I preached, when I concluded, I said, if you've never heard, if you didn't hear one word of the message, please hear this. That's kind of the picture I get here. Hear this, Lord. I'm going to pour my heart out to you and answer me. Lord, hear me and answer me. David knew him. He had a relationship with him. For I am afflicted and needy. Afflicted? Needy? I think we all are. We are afflicted and we are needy and we need the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We need the God Almighty to reach down, to lean over, and hear our prayers. Question, are we praying? I just said a minute ago, or a few minutes ago, I, I don't think I'm doing it enough. I'm falling short. Lord, hear me, Lord. Help me pray more. Help me draw closer to you, Lord. I'm afflicted and I'm needy, David says. And David, again, was a man after God's own heart. And he was afflicted and needy. How would, how, would we not? What makes us so special? Here's a man after God's own heart, and he's crying to the Lord because he's afflicted and needy? And then he says what? Preserve my soul, for I'm a godly man. Oh, my God, save your servant who trusts you. 
David knew the power of prayer more than that. He knew the Lord would hear his prayer. Do you have any doubts that the Lord will hear your prayer? If you have doubts about the Lord hearing your prayer, you're in trouble already. That must mean you don't have a relationship with him. When we're talking, to, when we're talking with each other, you hear what I'm saying and I hear what you're saying because we have a relationship. Because I want to hear and he wants to hear what's going on in your life. He wants to help you walk through those things just like we do with each other. We comfort each other. We want to help each other walk through the hard times. When he says, incline your ear, he wanted an open line of communication. Hear me, answer me, because I'm afflicted and needy. Sound familiar? Of course it does. We are all afflicted and needy. Verse two, it says, preserve my soul. Protect me, guard me. I'm a child of yours. I want, Lord, I want you to protect me. Preserve my soul, protect me, guard me, for I am a godly man. He knew he was godly because he was with the Lord. He had a relationship with the Lord. That's what made him godly. He was only godly because he followed the ways of the Lord. We are made holy by God. Doesn't mean we don't sin. It means to make we, we are holy. We are to walk in that way. David in verse one, in verse one again, he recognizes his sinfulness. He insisted that he had not broken any of the covenants with the Lord. In fact, he completes with, oh, you, my Lord, save your servant who trusts in you. Even in the midst of the affliction and the needy, he put his trust in who? The Lord. In verse three, it says, be gracious. Be gracious to me, O Lord, another word for gracious about compassionate be compassionate to me Lord be gracious to me after all I'm one of your kids I love you you love me we have a relationship be gracious to me be compassionate to me Lord for you I cry all day long that's an interesting phrase. But you, Lord, you become a habit. He's crying to the Lord all day. Speaks in the present time. He calls to the Lord all day. He cries out to the Lord. Persistence. Persistence pays off. Turn over to Luke just for a second, chapter 11. Persistence pays off. There's a story here of the persistent friend. You might remember it. I think it falls right in line with the message tonight when we look at the persistent friend. Chapter 11 of Luke, verse 5, we'll read through 8. Then he said to him, suppose one of you has a friend, and he goes to him at midnight. Well, I'm not opening the door, are you? 
at midnight. Now, maybe in my BC days I would, but not in, not in my in Christ days. <laughs> but he says, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me from a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And from inside he answers and says, do not bother me. The door has already been shut. My children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him any, anything because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, because of his what? Persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he asked, seek, and knock. Ask, seek, and knock. Ask, seek, and knock. If this friend and the persistence would get up and open the door for him and give him what he needed, what do you think your father in heaven would do for you if you were persistent about it? If you're persistent in your prayers, he wants to what? He wants to give you the desires of your heart as long as they're in line with his will for your life. And I would say this, that if we're, if we're a believer, we're following Jesus, then we want to be in his will. Sometimes we complain because he doesn't give us what we want. Well, that's the problem. It's what we want, not what we need. But in this case, the persistent friend kept knocking at the door. I need help. I need help. I need help. I need help. I'm not going away. I'm not going away. It's kind of the same thing with our Father in heaven. Lord, you know my struggles. You know the things that go through. Lord, deliver me from these things. Lord, deliver. Lord, I did it again. Lord, deliver me from these things. Lord, Lord, help me. Hear my plea, Lord. Hear my cry. I cry out to you all day long, Lord. Hear my cry. Be persistent. If a friend would give in to persistence, how much more would your Father in heaven give in to your persistence? He does want to give you the desires of your heart. God knew who to pray to and what to ask for. David knew who to pray to. I get people all the time, so I pray all the time, pray all the time. Who do you pray to? Well, I pray to that big guy in the sky, or I, I pray to this, or I pray to that. That doesn't tell me you have a relationship with the one that can answer the prayers. I could pray to this, this podium, but the podium's not gonna answer any of my prayers. The question is, are you, are you praying to the right God? Are you... Are you acknowledging the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? David did. David had that relationship. David knew him. David knew from where his peace came from. Not only in the good times, but in the times of trouble, times of despair, times of affliction. Listen, I'm, I'm, preaching, I'm, not, I'm preaching to myself up here. You know, we all fall short. We all fall short in different areas of our life. I was just thinking when, when I got the call to preach this message, they, 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 don't, they don't give, you know, we're not a church that assigns you something. You, yeah, you preach this one, you preach that. Where does God want to lead you to preach from? So is it just a mistake that uh, I got Psalm 86 where it talks about prayer? Huh? huh? How about you? Why are you here tonight? 
You're here to God's, hear God's word. It's no accident that any of us are here tonight. It's a divine appointment. We're all struggling in different areas. Maybe some of you are struggling in prayer. I don't know. I don't know. In verse 4, David goes on with, Make glad the soul of your servant. Make glad. David was asking for his joy to be restored before the prayer was answered. Catch that? David was asking for his joy to be restored. He was feeling downcast. Make glad my soul of your servant. Another point there is recognizing his position. He's a servant of the Lord. Even before the prayer was answered, for to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Lord, restore the joy. He is the joy restorer. David was simply acknowledging that. David was asking for his inner soul to be preserved. I believe David was talking about a complete peace. We can have peace on the outside to some degree, right? Things are kind of flowing along. But how, how many times is there turmoil going on inside the same time that you're showing peace? It's almost like, I don't know if I can say this or not, it's almost like we're lying. It's almost like we're lying to ourselves to try to convince ourselves that things are really okay. Well, of course, I'm, you know, I dress up okay. I look pretty good. I comb my hair once in a while. Take a shower once a week, Saturdays only. So on, you know, on Saturday and Sunday morning, I look pretty good. But not really. I'm just as rotten on the inside as I'm on the outside. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's crazy. Make my soul glad. Restore my joy. I want a complete peace. I don't want to have to put on an air about peace. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to have to be an actor. What's another term for an actor? Hypocrite. I don't want to be a hypocrite. I want my joy to exude out with completeness. Now, we all have little compartments in our heart. We have, you know, the old saying, street saying, you've got junk in your trunk, right? We all got a little bit of junk in our trunk. And maybe it's time to clean it out. Maybe it's time to clean out the trunk. I go walking a lot. And I, by the baseball diamonds over at Butterfield and they're just kind of humorous. I, I pick up all the balls that people leave behind and I just throw them in the trunk of my car. And so the trunk of my car, I probably got 25 baseballs <laughs> and, they're, and they're just rolling around. I didn't, they're not even in a bag. And so that just, that, my, that just hit me just now. I should probably clean out my trunk. Now, isn't that crazy what I'm thinking about up here as I'm trying to preach the gospel? Wow, I have really messed up. <laughs> Lord, help me, right? Lord, help me. Lord, hear my prayer. Rejoice, re 
Restore the joy of my salvation. You see, I'm admitting a lot of stuff and you guys are going, yeah, I feel that way. I do that way. You're sitting out there right now going, oh, I wonder what I'm going to have for breakfast tomorrow. What time am I going to get up? <laughs> oh, tomorrow I got to go bowling. Now let's get back to business. Got to have a little humor in it somewhere, right? Amen. God is full of humor. Look at us. So verse five, it says, verse five, verse five. Oop, wrong book. Sorry. You guys got me going. Verse five says, for you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive. Again, the acknowledgement of who the essence of God is to him personally in that personal relationship. For you, Lord, you, Lord, are what? You are good. You are good, Lord. You are good. Not only is he good, but he's ready to forgive. He's ready to forgive. And abundant and loving kindness, he's ready to forgive you right now. He's ready to forgive me right now. Abundantly, more than I can ever hope or imagine. More than I can even phantom in my mind. In loving kindness, his tenderness, his benevolent affection for each and every one of us. To what? To all who call upon you. He's ready to forgive each and every one of us right now. All you have to do is call upon him. David knew that. That's why David could say, incline your ear, listen to me, Lord. Hear my prayer. Make no mistake about who it is that's talking to you, Lord. I'm going to read now verses 6 through 12. Again, then we'll come back. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer, and give heed to the voice of my supplication. In the day of my trouble, I shall call upon you, for you will answer. Verse 8. There was no one like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. All nations who you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and thus shall glorify your name. Verse 10, for you are great and do wondrous deeds. You alone are God. Verse 11, teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. And verse 12, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, my God, with all my heart, and will glorify your name forever. So again, in verse six, he says, give ear, O Lord, to my prayer. I want full attention, Lord. I want your full attention. A lot of this is a little bit of repeat, but I think sometimes we need to hear it more than once. Amen, church? Amen. Sometimes we just have to hear it more than once for it to stick. I want your full attention, Lord. Hear it. It's me. It's David calling out to you or it's John, or it's whatever your name is. I'm calling out to, hear me, Lord. I want your full attention. And in verse seven, I call upon you. Who else would I call upon? Where else, who else would I call upon that's gonna help me? Who's gonna hear my prayers? Who's gonna answer my prayers? It's only you, O oh Lord. God is the only one who answers the prayers. 
you will answer me. He will answer you because he hears you. He will answer you because he cares about you. He only wants the best for you. He only wants the best for me. We get in the middle and we mess it up. But he's right there, ready to forgive and get us back on the right path. So we're walking with him again. You will answer me because you hear and you care. He cares about you and he cares about me. He wants us to seek his face. He wants to answer our prayers. You know that? Do you know that he wants to bless you? He wants to answer your prayers? I think sometimes, now it's just my interpretation, take it for what it's worth. I think, I think sometimes he's going, John, I want to answer, I want, I want to give you the desires of your heart. And you walk right up to the line, right? And you go, you're going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to pray for that. And we don't pray. And then we wonder why we don't get. We wonder why we don't receive the things that we pray for. We pray for. That's one of two reasons. We ask a miss. Or we don't ask at all. He wants to pour the blessings out on us. He wants to, he wants to like David, David knows this in his relationship with him. And we need to know that as well in our relationship with him, that he wants to answer our prayers, that he wants to bless us. In verse eight, he said, there's, there's no one like you. There's, there's only one God, the creator. Jesus, the name above all names we would declare. There is none like you. There was no one like you. He knew that. Do you know that? Do you know that there's none like Jesus? No other. Muhammad, you name it, whoever, whoever, Buddha. None of those, none of those are even close and even hold a candle to Jesus. How can they hold a candle when he was the creator of everything? Why would we not cry out to him when we need help? He's the one that breathed life into us. He knows your name. He knows every hair on your head. He knows you from beginning. He knows you when you weren't even here yet. He knows you from beginning to end, start to finish. Why would you not call out to him? In verse 9, it says, all the nations will worship you. Even the most powerful nations in the last days will be on their knees. Romans 14, 11 is quoted from Isaiah 45, 23 says, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Amen. If you don't say amen to that, I ain't saying nothing to amen to nothing. Jesus is Lord. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. In verse 9, it says, glorify your name. How can we not glorify his name is my question. How can we not glorify him? Just go for a little trip with me for a second. Go back in your BC days before you accepted Christ. What was your life like? What did it look like when you look back in, to what it was? 
Was it something like lying, cheating, stealing, trying to be you know, totally selfish, didn't care about nobody but yourself, angry, bitter, resentful? I don't know. Mine was. When I was back there, I was going, Lord, make my heart like yours. Because I was remembering and I was confessing even as I was standing there, Lord, I still fall so short, but Lord, I thank you that you forgive me. I thank, Lord, thank you, Lord, that you bless me. Even though I'm a wretched sinner, I'm only made righteous through the blood of the sacrificial lamb. Wow. Why would I not glorify him? I'd be a fool. However, I will say this, and this, you, know, you guys know me, I'm an open book, man. There are times when my mind takes me down avenues that I shouldn't go down. Am I the only one? Okay. Man, guys are scaring me. So I'm in good company, right? I am in good company because I got Jesus in my heart. You're in good company because you got Jesus in your heart. Amen, so why wouldn't you want to glorify Him? You know what? I was just one way of pray, One way of glorifying Him is when you pray for your meal in a restaurant, right? You're taking a public stand. You talk about public stands. We have the baptism coming up. We've had baptisms. We had have all the time. That's taking a public stand. That's glorifying God. That's making a public declaration or a public statement. Why would we not? In verse 10 it says, you are great and do wonderful things. Miracles. Miracles. This room is full of miracles. Every one of you is a miracle. Most of us should be dead by, dead by now, pushing up daisies or fried. Most of us should be dead by now, but we're not. We are miracles. We are walking, talking miracles of God. That he has sustained us, that he has brought us through the things that he has brought us through. It's incredible. You are great and you do wonderful things. And what's cool is he does those wonderful things in spite of ourselves. In spite of ourselves, he still loves us and still blesses us. You alone are God, in verse 10 also. It's a statement of truth. We talked about it already. There's no other gods. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. As we move into verse 11, I love this. It says, teach me. Instruct me. See, David's writing this, and David is saying this. Teach me. He's talking to God. Teach me. I'm... I'm I need help. Teach me, teach me these ways, Lord. Teach me your ways. Teach me how to navigate through this life that you've given me. See, David had a lot of stuff going on in his life, too. He, talked to, he was afflicted and needy, amen? amen. So he, he did need help. Teach me, Lord. Teach me how to navigate these things. Instruct me, Lord. In verse 11, it says, I will walk. 
Now, walk is an action word, right? I'm walking, I'm moving, I'm doing something. It doesn't say I stand still or I take a nap. No, it means you get up and you start moving. Teach me how to move. Teach me how to move forward the gospel of Jesus Christ. Teach me how to teach other people through this, even through this psalm. Teach me how to pray and what to pray for and why I should pray. Unite my heart to fear your name. Respect and honor. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord, how to honor and respect you. Teach me how to glorify you. Teach me how to be a light in an otherwise dark world. Teach me, O Lord. In verse 12, it says, I will give thanks. Not only does it say I will give thanks, but it says with all my heart. Not just a piece of my heart, but with all my heart, I will give thanks to glorify your name. We see an appreciation shown to God for your deliverance, for his deliverance through the trials and the afflictions that he had gone through. In verse 13, verse 13 says, for your loving kindness towards me is great and you have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. You know what that means? It's delivered us. We don't have to go to hell. He provided a way for us to escape hell. by the acceptance of Jesus Christ, our personal Lord and Savior. He provided a way. David knew that that relationship was premier with God. Great appreciation. Because in verse 14 it says, there's a cry for help against those who have come against him. Oh God, arrogant men have risen, risen up against me and the band of violent men have sought my life and they have not set you before them. Things don't come against us. Things were coming against David. And who did he cry out to? Who did he call on? He didn't call on a pastor he didn't call on an elder or a deacon. He didn't call on his next door neighbor, his wife, mother, dog, spot. He called on the Lord because the Lord is the only one that can answer the prayers. In verses 15 to 17, it says, but you, O Lord, are a good and merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness and truth. Turn to me and be gracious to me. Oh, grant your strength to your servant and save the son of your handmaid. Verse 17. Show me a sign for good that those who hate me may see it and be ashamed because you, O oh Lord, have helped me and comforted me. I'm going to start winding this down, but I want to, in verse 15 it says, but you, O oh Lord, be merciful, forgiveness, gracious, graciousness, compassionate, compassionate, 
He was slow to anger, abundant, more than you could ever imagine. Loving kindness, he was tenderness and devoted. And truth, we know he is the truth. John 14 is the way, the truth, and the life. In verse 16, he says, turn to me, grant me strength. Where does our power come from? Our power comes from the Lord. In verse 17, it says, show me a sign for good. Strange that David would ask for a sign, isn't it? He already talked about the miracles. He already knew about the miracles that God was performing. The miracle of his life even, right? From where he was to where he ended up. Testimony, right? Show me a sign. Maybe reassurance was needed for him at this particular point in time. And maybe sometimes we need assurance. I remember saying that very statement some 27 years ago in jail. But David had a different verse or a different reason that those who hate me may see it and be ashamed because you, O Lord, have helped me and comforted me. What's he talking about? Testimony. Testimony. Show me a sign. David, you are the sign. You and you and you and you, me. We are a sign. We are a testimony of God's goodness, of God's graciousness, of God's compassion, of God's love. Many times I've stated that people are watching us, right? As Christians, people are watching us. Close friends, people from afar off, bosses, just people, right? We wear the banner of Christ on our head and we speak the lingo and we do all this stuff and people are watching us and they're, they're watching to see just if there is a difference or not. I, I remember when I first came to the Lord, people were watching me, man. People I used to hang out go, eh, it's just a fad or it's just, you know, uh, you're, you're in some cult or some, you got sidetracked, too much dope or too much alcohol or when you're brain fried. Well, that's probably partly true, but, but um, that wasn't funny. <laughs> uh, so I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm just gonna read, that. I was sitting behind the computer and I'm gonna close, the time's up anyway. I'm gonna close with just something that I read, I wrote and we'll let the Lord take it from there, amen church? Amen. So I wrote this, <clears throat> interesting. Many times I have stated that people are watching, even family and close, close friends to see a change or not a change. So they can say, where's your Jesus now? David knew where his strength came from and even when they were out to kill him. The question comes down to this. Who do you put your trust in? We all trust something or somebody. But who do you trust? Are you going through something right now and you wonder if you will make it?
We all have, but we're all still here. We're here tonight, this very night. Like David, I want to know God has me in the palm of his hands. David had a personal relationship with God and had a personal prayer time with God. Do you? Do I? Do you know this God that David knew? Do you want to know him? Now, when I look out over the audience here, over the group, over the fam, my family, I know most of you, and I know most of you are saved. But I don't know your heart. I don't know who's watching online. I don't know who will watch online maybe at another date, another time. So do you want to know him? The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. I got off my notes again, but that's the way it goes. And I don't want to assume anything ever, because we know what that does when you assume something. So, as a pastor and a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I hope that you guys are all saved. I hope that you online watching have received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. I hope that you have cried out to him, oh God, hear my prayer. I am afflicted and I'm needy and I need you. Our jobs as pastors is to preach the gospel, to share the love of God. In fact, our, our command is in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, where it says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Doesn't just stop there, because it goes on by saying, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always even to the end of the age. My friends, my family, that is the God that we serve. I hope and I pray that each one of you will cry out to the Lord, not only in affliction, but in praise. See, we should, we should honor the God, honor our Lord when things happen on a good note. I had COVID, I came through it a long time ago, over a year ago I had it. Praise, praise God that I made it through and praise God that I didn't get sick and you know, praise God I'm standing here. Amen. When I roll out of bed, I praise God that I can put my feet back on the floor and stand up. That's probably why I get up at three o'clock in the morning, make sure I'm still alive. I don't know. <laughs> make sure I'm alive the next day. But seriously, folks, we love you here at Living Truth. This is family. This is not some fly-by-night, try to, you know, con you or any of that stuff. You have, to, you have to really have to search the scriptures for yourself. Don't take my word or Pastor Michael or Pastor Mike or anybody else's word for it. Search it for yourself. Be a Berean. My charge to you would be, over the next few days, go back and read Psalm 86. 
Go back and read it and reread it and reread it and see what the Lord says to you about it. See what the Lord says, what the Lord has for you. He's got something special for you. You just have to ask, seek, and knock. Would you pray? Kim, if you want to come out. Lord, as we come before you this evening, so grateful, Lord. So grateful, Lord, that you hear our prayers, Lord. I pray that even now, Lord, you would, you would incline your ear to hear the prayer of your children tonight as we close out this service. What a blessing, what an honor it is, Lord Jesus, to proclaim your word. I pray for everyone here tonight, everyone online, Lord, that they would have that personal relationship with you. Lord, if they don't, Lord, I pray they would just say, Lord Jesus, I recognize my need for you. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner, Lord. Come into me. Clean me up, Lord. Clean me up from the inside out. Lord, I, I am a sinner. Forgive me, Lord. I want to walk all the rest of the days of my life with you. I want my heart to be bent towards you. If you prayed that, just, just rejoice. Just know that God has taken residence in your heart. Find a church to get locked. If you're online, find a church to get locked into. A good Bible teaching church. Grow in the word of the Lord. For our God is good. Our God is faithful. Every promise in the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation is true. So I just thank you. Thank you guys for being here tonight. Thank you for being online. We're going to have one more song before we go out. Afterwards, if you want to come up for prayer, we'd be, we would love to pray with you. In Jesus' name, amen.